you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12. Hallelujah. And as you're turning there, you know, one of the best boxers in the world has got to be Muhammad Ali. One of the most confident, one of the most charismatic, uh, one of the most trash-talking athletes to ever step foot in the ring is Muhammad Ali. His famous words is, I float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. His hands can't hit what his eyes can't see. Anyway, story goes that Muhammad Ali is on a particular plane, and during the routine seatbelt check, he, he, uh, the, the, the stewardess or the flight attendant goes next to Mr. Muhammad Ali and sees that his seatbelt is not fastened. And so she kindly leans down beside Muhammad Ali and says, Excuse me, sir. Pleasure to meet you. Would you please buckle up for takeoff? Mr. Ali smiles and nods, does nothing. Anyway, the flight attendant continues down the aisle, sees that everyone else is complying, and she comes back to the front and notices Muhammad Ali still hasn't got his seatbelt on. And so she says again, excuse me, sir, please, would you buckle up? Mr. Ali, the showman that he is, got up so that everyone can see, and he turns around so that everyone can hear, and he says, Superman don't need no seatbelt. The plane erupts with cheer. The flight attendant waits for the crowd to come down, in which she responds with no hesitation for all to hear. Superman don't need no plane either. Buckle up and sit down. <laughs> you know what? How many of you know that story is so true that we as Christians, you know what? We are to reflect Christ. We are to represent his nature, and his nature is one of, a, of humility. His nature is a servant-hearted, mature Christian. I'm telling you what, there is a, a, a nature of Christ that we ought to reflect. We're ambassadors for Christ. We're servants, not show-offs. Can you say amen? In our text in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 7, I'm going to read a particular verse. I'm going to stop, but we're going to go through in context what it means. But watch what this verse says. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. You are the man. So I want to preach a message tonight. You're the man. And this is uh, in context because I'm preaching on a topic called pride. I'm going to preach on a message that's going to, uh, you know what, deal with our own nature when it comes to pride. So number one, if you're taking note, let's consider the danger of pride. The danger of pride. There's an old story about a turtle and two ducks. The turtle was listening to the ducks describe the wonders, the, uh, the amazing detail of the world. And being a turtle, uh, he was unable to see all these amazing things. And uh, he was like kind of saddened that all these ducks get to see the, the wonders and the amazing things of the world. Yet I'm, I'm a little turtle. I swim in this little pond. I see only just what belongs in water. And so what ends up happening is uh, that the ducks hear this little turtle and finally the two ducks said, hey, we want to help you. One of the ducks said, hey, let's, let's grab a stick and on both ends, I'll carry one end and we'll carry the other end and why don't you just grab on with your mouth and, so, and just hold on so we can take you around so you can see the amazing sights that we see. The turtle loved the idea and the two ducks said, make sure when you hold on that you got to be quiet. You got to close your mouth or else you'll be sorry. So the turtle loved the idea. He took a hold of the stick 
And away they into the sky they went. And the ducks flew up, up above the trees, saw all the meadows. They saw the wonderful trees and the, uh, the countryside. And the turtle was filled with amazement and wonder. He loved this new perspective of the world. He marveled at the flowers on the hillside. But just then a crow flew past. Astonished at the sight of seeing a turtle carried by two ducks, he said, surely this must be the king of the turtles. Why certainly the turtle began. But as he spoke, he lost his grip on a stick and fell to the ground. You know, I shared that story because that serves an indication when it comes to pride. Why certainly said the turtle, but then he fell. Listen to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. It says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You see, here it is in our story. Here it is in, our, uh, in, in context of what I've just read. When Nathan comes to David, he says, you are the man. And you know what? This is where David sins with Bathsheba. David gets this woman, Bathsheba, pregnant. Then she figures out that, wow, oh my goodness, how am I going to cover up this, uh, this pregnancy? So he calls for her husband who's in war. Uriah calls Uriah in and you know tries to you know what hide the case you know make it look like natural conception however it doesn't happen David now organizes Bathsheba's husband Uriah out out into the battlefield into the heat of the battle to be killed and I'm reading the story just to get familiar with this particular text and I'm astounded to what I find in the story have a listen to 2nd Samuel chapter 11 verse 14 on how David plots the death of Uriah. It says this, In the morning it happened that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, listen to this, and retreat from him, that he may be struck down and die. He's saying, man, you know what? Oh, man, I can't figure how to get Uriah to sleep with his wife. Uh, you know what? Of course, she's pregnant. What am I going to do? He sends Uriah out into the battlefield and he says, listen, I want you to retreat when you send him in. In other words, he's saying, you know what? Leave him to die. Let him die out there. And, and what ends up happening is now we find ourselves in our text. With a year later, Bible scholars believe in 2 Samuel chapter 12, this is where Nathan now comes to visit David. Nathan comes to confront David a year later after this has been done. And now the prophet Nathan tells this story. And you can read it for yourself, but due to time we won't. But here it is. Nathan says, there was a story. There was a rich man and there was a poor man. The rich man had many, many flocks, many herds. And what ended up happening, the poor man only had one little lamb. The Bible describes that this little lamb was like a little daughter to this poor man. And so the story goes, the prophet says, there comes a traveler. Traveler comes to the rich man's house and the rich man, instead of taking from his own resources, instead of taking from his herds and his flocks, he decides to take the poor man's little lamb. And he begins to prepare the, the little lamb, begins to slaughter it and prepare it for the traveler. And so now David is so angry. I mean, you read it in verse 5 of our text. It says that David's anger was aroused against the rich man. 
And here it is now, Nathan, the prophet, he begins to listen to David's uh, life. And, and David is saying to Nathan, listen to verse 5. As, long as the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. David is saying, look, uh, w- when we find this poor man, let's, let's help him. Let's restore this back to him four times so that, you know what, he, he, won't, he, does, he won't lose anything. Let's restore things back to him. But he goes, whoever this rich guy is, let's kill him. Whoever this rich guy, you know what, he deserves to die. And which brings us to our text tonight in verse 7. Then Nathan said to David, you're the man. You're the man that's in this story. You're that rich man that we're talking about. And here it is. You're the man, David. But you think about that statement for a minute. You're the man. I mean, we've heard that a lot. Hey, sup, bro? Hey, you're the man, bro. You're, hey, you're the, you're the man. Not the case in David's life in this particular text. Up to this point in David's life, that's all he's been hearing. You're the man, David. I mean, this is the guy that slayed Goliath. This is the guy that, you know what, he was, is anointed and appointed to be the next king. This is David who we're talking about. David who's been promoted to be the chief commanding officer over the men of war. This is the David we're talking about. David where, you know, a story that's told uh, that here comes uh, King Saul. He's slain his thousands, but David, his ten thousand. David, you're the man. That's all he's been hearing so many years down in his life. David, man, you're the man. Every, you killed giants. You slain so many of our enemies. David, you're the man. What ends up happening at the pinnacle of his success, it tells us in the story of 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, this is the time where kings were supposed to go to war was the time David stayed behind. This is the time where, you know what, all the success, he's hearing, oh man, I'm the man, oh yep, you know what, I've killed giants, I've slain the Philistines. Uh, and then at the time where kings should go out to war, David's like, you know what, I'm the man. I'm going to stay back home, I'm going to chill back here. And this is where, listen, the dangers of pride affects your decisions. Listen, instead of being in the battlefield, David decides to be on the balcony. And I'm telling you, many people, men and women, you know what? They lose the battle on the balcony when they should have been in the battlefield in the first place. In his success, David, in his success, decided to choose comfort instead of conflict. Instead of being in battle, David, no longer did he strengthen himself in the Lord. He made a decision. To stay home. No longer, you know what, did he want to go out and fight anymore against the enemy. He decided to stay home. And I'm studying this scripture and I was like, I felt the Holy Ghost say, you know what, that's exactly like a lot of men and women that come to church. That no longer do they want to fight the enemy. No longer are they in prayer, seeking God, pulling down strongholds, breaking curses. No longer are they going to church, being surrounded by people where, you know what, where the enemy can begin to come into their minds. They choose to come to church and they begin to break every curse. They begin to worship Jesus. They begin to see change break. But then all of a sudden, you know what, you know what they do? Oh, you know what, I've got a job now. I got a house, I got a car now, I'm doing well. Forget about Jesus now. I don't need to come to church. I'm the man. Ooh, I'm, I'm the woman, man, I'm pastor. I'm, yeah, good, good for you, you know what? Yeah, thank you for everything, you know what? The, the sermons, thank you, Jesus, for the blessing. Uh, 
You know what? Thank you for the relationship. I got us under control now. You see, it affects your decision. When pride takes over, it will cause you to backslide. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 14, the backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. But a good man will be satisfied from above. And I want you to see that through this decision, when he began to stay back, at, when he was so successful in his life, he decides to stay back, and that's where he begins to sin. And through David's pride, he sins, and through the sin comes a curse. And many people live under a curse because of their own pride. Oh, I don't want God. Oh, I don't want to do anything with Jesus. Oh, you want know good on you, sis, for going to church. It's not for me. Uh, uh, you know what? I've, 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 pride. Stopping people from entering into the blessing of God. Pride. Stopping people to come and get saved, to give their lives to Jesus, where God can alter them and begin to fill their lives with satisfaction, begin to fill their lives with blessing, and give them eternal life, but yet their own pride stops God from moving in their lives and brings a curse. Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 10. Listen to what the curse is. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house. In other words, because you made this decision, watch now. You're going to be in direct opposition. Every foul demonic spirit is going to come against you. Everything's going to come against you. There's going to be a war on your life. Because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up adversity against you from your house. And I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. You see, we read that because David chose the comfort. Instead of the cross, he chose now to live under the curse. You see, when you choose the comforts of the world, you begin to accept this, the spirit of the world that begins to come into your life. And now a curse is released in your family. A curse is released through your children. But I'm telling you, when we begin to allow our own lives to come before God, we're choosing God. We don't want you. We choose our own comforts. And then now we see the curse being played out in Romans 1 verse 21 Paul is talking about people who choose not to live for God listen in Romans 1 21 says because although they knew God they did not glorify him as God nor were thankful but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened professing to be wise they became fools again that's pride right there thinking they know it all Amen. You've met some people that, you know what, oh, they're, they're walking Google. They know everything. It's, it's their opinion above yours. It's, you know what, theirs is right, yours is wrong. Wise in their own eyes. Verse 24, therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Here we read that people choose to refuse God from their minds. And the danger is this, that God gives them over. That God goes, you know what, no longer am I going to strive with you. I'm going to give you over to what you want to do. God has no place for people or angels when it comes to pride. In fact, the devil was kicked out of heaven 
because of pride. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12, the fall of Lucifer. Listen to verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer. Son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, for you weaken the nations. Listen to this, verse 13. For you have said in your heart, the devils, this is the, the, the devil, Lucifer, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And God sees his heart and says, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to hell, to the lowest depths of the pit but you read that it's like man this is the heart of the devil he said six times i i i will i will do this i'll be greater i'll be pride and god goes you know what? i don't want that and god begins to banish him from heaven and jesus says i saw satan fall like lightning i mean bang just like that you know god's like i i, I don't put up with pride it's one of the six things that the lord hates proverbs chapter 6 verse 16 these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Watch this. A proud look. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. A false witness who speaks lies. And one who sows discord among the brethren. I mean, six things the Lord hates and one of them is pride. You know, we're living in what the Bible prophesied in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. From verses 1 through to 5, listen to this text. It says, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. We're living in the iPad, I this, I, me, myself, and my mobile phone. It's all about your selfie. It's all about who you are. It's all about your reputation, what you built up, your social status on Facebook, Instagram. It's all about you. The world is promoting. Listen, you can be a better you. You can do this. You can have this. You, it's all about your identity. And so what ends up happening now is people begin to now resist God. And the Bible is prophesying right there. The day we're living in, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, and watch this, headstrong, haughty, it's talking about pride, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. That verse talks all, and it's just encapsulating pride and you know what? people don't believe in God because of their pride I read the other day it says this when they say they can't trust the Bible because it's written by man oh but they trust newspapers science journals horoscopes and fortune cookies they don't believe God because of their pride amen let's close in with this last point and second point tonight let's talk about reverse the curse because the good news tonight, amen, is Jesus came to reverse the curse. Hallelujah. When Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Come on. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. What he meant was that he had come to reverse the curse. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 22. 
Jesus came to bear our sins in his body on the tree that we might live to righteousness. 1 Peter 2 verse 24. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, hallelujah, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6 verse 23. Can I tell you tonight, Jesus is the hope for you and I. Amen. Jesus is the only way. He is the only truth and he is the life. Jesus can reverse the curse in your family. Come on. Jesus can reverse the curse in your life. Jesus can reverse the curse in your family because Jesus is the only way. That's hope tonight. There's things that have been in your life that you know you're living with because that's the decisions you made because of pride. There's consequences that you've been living with because there's decision after decision. I don't want God anymore. I don't, God, thank you, but I don't need you now. And so pride gets in the way and it affects people's destinies. It affects their life. But I'm telling you, when you begin to give your life to Jesus, he can reverse the curse. Hallelujah. The cure for pride is repentance. James chapter 4 verse 6, but he gives more grace. Thank God for that. He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Hallelujah. Humble yourself. Seek forgiveness from Jesus. And one of the best things that took place in David's life was that he began to humble himself and he begins to cry out to God. Psalms 51 actually tells us that David writes this psalm when Nathan the prophet came to him. And David pens this particular psalm in Psalms 51. Listen to what he says. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. God is the only one that is able to cleanse us from our sins. Jesus is the hope that when he died on the cross, he was able to reverse the curse. But it comes down to, will you humble yourself? Will you put down your pride, your ego and say, God, I surrender. David writes in Psalms 51 verse 10, just a couple of verses down. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. And watch this. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Many people, you might be here tonight. You ain't got no joy. You ain't got no peace in your life. But I'm telling you, when you begin to ask God into your heart, when you ask Jesus into your life, He begins to restore the joy of your salvation. He can uphold you by his generous spirit. Watch this. David says in verse 13, Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. It's saying, you know, when you begin to seek God and you seek repentance, you turn from your sins and turn to God. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, listen God, when, I, when I'm changed, then I will witness to other people and tell them about what you've done in my life. Then I'll go out and I'll tell my family. I'll tell the brothers and sisters who don't know about you. I'll tell them about you, Jesus. Let's be a people that remain repentant and humble. Micah 6 verse 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To do justly, to love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Don't allow pride to affect your salvation or your relationships. 
close with this story. The captain of a ship looked into the dark night and saw a light in the distance. Immediately he told his signalman to send a message. And the message was this, alter your course 10 degrees south. And he promptly received a reply. No, alter your course 10 degrees north. The furious captain sent another message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a captain. Soon another reply was received. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a seaman, third class Jones. The captain sent a final message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a battleship. The reply was, alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a lighthouse. (laughs) You see, many people are heading straight into destruction. Many people are headed into their demise. Uh, Listen, you can come to church, you can listen to good preaching, but if you never change your direction, you're still going to end up in eternal separation. Can I preach tonight? You can come to church, sing all the right songs, and if you're not going to alter your direction, you hear God speaking to you tonight to say, listen, it's time to put down your pride. It's time to to surrender your life to Jesus. Uh, You're hearing God saying, I am the lighthouse. I am the way, the truth, and the life. But you've got to make a decision and alter to your life and say okay I'm doing it you watch when you begin to repent which is a change of mind which is a change of direction you watch when you change your direction it affects your destination humility leads to unity Humility will unite you back with God. Humility will unite you back with people. Unity will reunite you in your marriage with your spouse. Unity, I tell you what, humility will bring you in unity with your children. Humility is what's needed in a church that brings a unity. Psalms 133, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. There's a supernatural revival in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, because men and women decided to lay down their pride and say, God, we need you to fill us with your spirit. Jesus says, deny yourself, come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Listen, deny yourself, carry the cross, follow Jesus, alter your destination into a wonderful blessing of God. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Simple message tonight. What about you? Talking about pride. Would you be humble enough and say, man, I've been living in sin. I've been living under a curse. But tonight I want to be free. Tonight I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I've been living my life my own way for so long. I've been going down this road of destruction for so long. I want to change my direction that I'm going. Amen. There's hope for you tonight. And the Bible says that you must be born again. When you decide to accept Jesus in your life, He will forgive you. He will cleanse you from your sins. And He will give you eternal life. And you're here tonight. I want to ask you a question. Where will you spend eternity if you were to die tonight? Where will you spend eternity? Is it heaven or is it hell? With every head bowed and every eyes closed, you're here tonight. You know you're not right with God. You know you haven't given your life to Jesus. You're on the path to destruction, but you recognize, you say, man, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. If that's you, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to make heaven your home. I want you to do one simple thing. Just lift up your hand. Just say, yep, that's me, and I'll pray for you. 
Lift it up tonight. Say, yep, pastor, that's me. I'm, I want to lay down tonight. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, why don't you lift up your hand and say, yes, that's me. I know if I was to die tonight, I wouldn't make heaven my home. If that's you, if you be honest and say, yes, that's me. I've been living my own life my own way, but tonight I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you tonight, God knows exactly who you are. He knows what you're going through. He knows exactly what you need in your life. My friend, you need Jesus. Young, old, you're here tonight, your heart's not right with God. Maybe you once had a relationship with Jesus. You once had a walk with Christ. Let me tell you, the blood of Jesus Christ is, can't still wash away your sins. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you, there is a different way of life that you can live. And it's a life according to the Word of God. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away and behold, all things can become new. That's the hope of Christianity. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus can wash away your sins and He can give you a new start, a new beginning. If that's you tonight, you want to lift up your hand and say, yes, that's me. My heart's not right with God. I need Jesus. Lift it up, lift it up. No one looking around. Lift it up. I count it a privilege to pray with you. We'll have someone pray with you tonight. Lift it up. You're not right with the Lord. But tonight you want to give your heart to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. God is speaking about pride tonight. Pride that is one of the deadliest poisons anyone could ever live with. Stopping them to enter into heaven. Stopping you from entering into God's wonderful favor and blessing. Hallelujah. Amen. These altars are open. Turning to the church, why don't we come and find a place to pray at this altar. And say, you know what, God, here I am. I'm going to lay down my pride. I've been living my life and I've been going my own way. I haven't even sought you. You come to a place like David. You, you become comfortable in your Christianity. It's like, man, you know what? I've got it under control now. Listen, that's a dangerous place to live in. Instead of being on the battlefield, are you on the balcony tonight? The balcony of pornography, the balcony of lustful thoughts, the balcony where most men and women begin to be defeated on the balcony. Many of the strongest men in the Bible lost the battle on the balcony. Samson, David. Here these men, you know what, uh, had these wonderful strength abilities, but yet failed in their lives when it comes to lust because they wanted to fulfill their own selfish desires. Tonight these altars are open. Why don't we come and find a place to pray? If these altars are open, let's pray tonight. Father God, have your way in this place. Minister, Lord God, to Lord, every single person here at this altar. I pray, God, let there be a wonderful blessing of, Lord God, unity that comes and flows when people begin to surrender. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Let's pray tonight. Let's invite God's presence. You're watching online. What you pray tonight? Say, God, here I am. I lay down my pride. God, I want to. God, I need you to strengthen me, Lord God. I've been trying to do it in my own strength. I don't want to do it in my own strength. God, forgive me for trying to do things my own way, Lord God. We need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
God, let there be a spirit of humility, God, that would be upon our congregation, God. Let there be a spirit of unity, Lord God, that flows from humility, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we worship you, Lord, Lord God. Oh, Ramamasie, le 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 le